This broadcast of the PJC Media Network seeks to present wholesome, thought-provoking, and entertaining content. However, the views expressed by the hosts of PJC Media are theirs and theirs alone. They do not reflect the views of this network or its affiliates. Please utilize listener discretion. My name is Sheila White. I am the president and co-founder of Her Cries Are Heard, an organization that focuses on preventing violence. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White show. Each week, we feature different topics concerning issues that sometimes can be difficult to talk about. These issues concern children and adults who may be autistic, have Asperger's, or have mental disorders of any kind. We will discuss law enforcement and how they interact with these persons. Now, let's start the show. And let's start the show. This is the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White show. And tonight, our co-host has a really, really important topic, which is why aren't our children getting immunized? And we're going to listen And we're going to find out, and you are going to help, and I want to know what you feel about it, where your children get immunized. So right now, co-host, Mr. Coleman, there you are. Good evening, Jenny White. Good evening. uh, Today our topic is... Topic is going to be uh, talking about the uh, how we're witnessing the largest sustained drop in childhood immunizations in a generation. The consequences, wow. yeah, the consequences to this will be measured in lives, and what we're seeing now is a continued decline. Uh, and COVID nineteen is not an excuse for this. Um, there are reports out that um, around the world, uh, children are missing doses of uh, immunizations, and a lot of it was due to COVID, but a lot of it due to other factors as well. So I'm going to start off the show by reading a, a little short uh, two-minute read that the New York Times put out regarding the sharp drop in childhood vaccinations threatening the threatening millions of lives. And then from there we'll go through some statistics and uh, and then we'll you know, we have any listeners that have chosen to not to get their children vaccinated, you know, we welcome you to push the one. Uh, to call in, uh, voice your opinion or your reasons, and uh, we'll just have a discussion and and kind of go from there. Uh, But the New York Times article reads, sharp drop in childhood vaccination. Vaccination threatens millions of lives. Pandemic lockdowns, misinformation campaigns, conflicts, climate crisis, and other problems diverted resources and contributed to the largest backslide in routine 
immunizations in 30 years. Millions of children around the world, most of them in the poorest countries, missed some or all of their childhood vaccinations over the past two years because of a combination of conflicts, climate emergencies, misinformation campaigns, pandemic lockdowns, and COVID vaccination efforts that that diverted resources, according to a new analysis from UNICEF, the United Nations agency that vaccinates half the world's children and the World Health Organization. It is the largest backslide in routine immunization in 30 years, the report says, combined with rapidly rising rates of malnutrition It has created conditions that could threaten the lives of millions of young children. This is an emergency for children's health. We have to think about the immediate stakes, the number of children that are going to die because of this, said Lily Caprani for UNICEF. It's not in a few years' time. It's quite soon. The percentage of children worldwide who had received three doses of the vaccine against diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis, which is whooping cough, known as DTP3, which UNICEF uses as a benchmark for immunization coverage, fell five points between 2019 and 2021 to 81%. Measles vaccination rates also fell to 81%. And polio coverage dropped significantly, too. A vaccination coverage rate of 94% is necessary for herd immunity to interrupt the chain of transmission of a disease. This translates to 25 million children who did not receive a basic intervention to protect against lethal illnesses. The number of what UNICEF calls zero-dose children those who have not received a single dose of the most basic vaccines increased sharply during the pandemic to 18 million from 13 million in 2019. This group includes half of all children who die before age five. The agency had been hoping that after a sharp decline in 2020 that was driven by lockdowns, school closures, and other COVID response measures, childhood vaccination coverage would rebound in 2021, says Dr. Nicholas Danielson, UNICEF's Nairobi-based senior immunization specialist. But instead, the problem got worse. DTP3 and measles coverage are at the lowest levels since 2008, the report found. Dr. Danielson said the rate of vaccination coverage in 2021 matched that of 20 of uh, 2008. Then the birth cohorts have increased, which means that the number of children who do, who do not complete vaccinations or do not even start is the largest in the last 30 years. He and many others in the child immunization field had anticipated a recovery. Last year's health systems learned to adapt to the demands of the pandemic. Instead, misinformation campaigns about COVID vaccination and broader mistrust of governments over public health measures spilled over to deter routine immunization. 
At the same time, health systems in the poorest countries scrambled to carry out limited COVID vaccination, diverting critical access to freezers and the health workers to put shots in arms. The world made sustained progress on childhood vaccination coverage through the 1990s and the first decade of this century. Rates then began to plateau because the remaining children were the hardest to reach, such as those in active war zones or in nomadic communities. But before the pandemic, there had been a redoubled commitment with support from organizations like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and Gabby, the Global Vaccine Alliance, to try to reach the remaining pockets of zero-dose children. COVID has pulled away much of that attention and investment. Over the last two years, India, Nigeria, Indonesia, Ethiopia, and the Philippines recorded the highest numbers of children who have missed out on vaccines. Brazil was also on the list of the 10 most affected countries, a harsh shift for a country once renowned for its high vaccination coverage rate. About 26% of Brazilian infants had received no vaccine in 2021, compared with 13% in 2018. The work of 30 years has been lost overnight, said Dr. Carla Dominiques, an epidemiologist and former coordinator of the Brazil's National Immunization Program. Vaccination became a politicized subject in Brazil during the COVID pandemic, she said. The federal government, led by President Jair Bolsonaro, downplayed the significance of the coronavirus, even as Brazil had one of the world's highest death rates, and said he would not get his own 11-year-old vaccinated against the virus. For the first time, the federal government was not recommending a vaccine, and it created a whole environment of doubt that had never existed in Brazil, where vaccination was totally accepted. At the same time, anti-vaccination groups that had not had much purchase in Brazil, moved into the country during the pandemic, she said, and began circulating misinformation in Portuguese on social media. And all of this was happening, Dr. Dominique said, at a time when Brazilians were a generation removed from the serious illnesses that were being urged to vaccinate their children against leading them to question the necessity. Parents don't know the impact of measles or polio. So they start to pick and choose vaccinations, she said. Data showing that the acceptance of the pneumonia vaccine is higher than that for polio makes that clear. Parents are choosing parents are choosing not to do polio. They say, it's been 30 years with no polio, so do I need to do this? And yet they have a clear sign of the risk, she said. A handful of measles cases were found earlier this year in Sao Paulo, six years after Brazil had reported eradicating the disease. Measles is now circulating. That gives us a concrete example of what could happen with diphtheria, meningitis, and so many other diseases. In the Philippines, 43% of infants had not had any vaccinations last year. The other problem lies partly in tough COVID public health measures, including lockdowns. If you are not allowed to take your children out apart from certain hours of the day, if they can't go to school, if living costs are increasing, going to a health center to have your child vaccinated drops down on your priorities, Dr. Danielson said. 
But the Philippine situation is also complicated by lingering mistrust of vaccination after a, war, a wide rollout of a, a, ding, a ding vaccine, which is spelled D-E-N-G-U-E, called Genvaxia. In 2016, that latter, that later proved to have caused more severe cases of the disease than some who had received it. The Denvaxia story compounded the vaccine hesitancy, particularly among the school children. Namely, Chan, a public health advocate who had advised the presidency on the COVID response. That was the problem. We're still dealing with it. Ms. Capriano, UNICEF said an extraordinary amount of resources and commitment would be needed to bring vaccine levels back up to where they had been. Not going to be enough to just go back to business as usual and restore ordinary routine immunizations, she said. We're going to need really concerted investment and catch-up campaigns because there's a growing cohort of millions of children who are completely unimmunized living in countries that have high levels of malnutrition and other stresses. And so with this, um, there's a couple more paragraphs. I'm going to complete this, and then we can talk about it. It's like we're in a new world. Those emergencies are not going to disappear. We still have COVID. We'll still have climate crisis. We have to learn how to work in the context of multiple public health emergencies. In Brazil, that COVID vaccination effort could offer some lessons for how to catch up. Brazil achieved high vaccination coverage by providing pop-up vaccination posts and making shots available at night and on weekends. Ms. Capriani said that while there was a heartening renewed interest in global health cooperation because of the COVID investments in new surveillance measures and other novelties risks, distracting from the simple intervention needed to address the childhood immunization crisis, deployment of thousands of community health workers. We aren't going to solve this problem with poster campaigns or social media posts. She said, we need outreach by reliable, well-trained, properly compensated community health workers who are out there day in, day out, building trust, the kind of trust that means you listen to them about vaccines, and there simply aren't enough of them. So this is an article, uh, the New York Times, uh, but I know that uh, we're also dealing with this uh, as a crisis in the United States, uh, where there are a number of parents who are choosing not to uh, get their children immunized against uh, routine vaccines that we've had um, over the past 30 to 50 years, um, such as measles and polio. And so uh, some of these uh, diseases that uh, we have vaccines for, uh, such as uh, diphtheria, which is a serious infection caused by strains of bacteria uh, that make a toxic toxin poison, and it can lead to difficulty breathing, heart failure, paralysis, and even death. And the CDC recommends vaccines for infants, children, teens, and adults to prevent diphtheria. And we have uh, the tetanus, which is an infection caused by a bacteria as well. And when the bacteria invades the body, it produces poison that causes painful muscle contractions. 
and another name for tetanus is lockjaw. It often causes a person's neck and jaw muscles to lock, making it hard to open the mouth or swallow. And then we have pertussis, or pertussis, which is whooping cough, and that spreads through bacteria, and anyone uh, exposed to that uh, can get sick as well. And it uh, causes uh, severe coughing and uh, respiratory. Um, it's hard to breathe. It's uh, whooping cough is often less severe in adults than in infants. In some cases, can lead to serious complications. So, uh, so I guess the question is, with the decrease childhood vaccinations, uh, it's going to ultimately result in the death and lives of a number of children. And in some cases, and especially uh, third world countries, it will result in uh, the death of a lot of children before the age of five. In more highly advanced countries such as the United States, uh, the rate may be a little lower, uh, but there will still be casualties uh, as well. So uh, I know that there was a time when you could not enroll your child into school without showing a shot record and having vaccination for your child. I think now, you know, you know, you have exceptions uh, for religious reasons or other reasons where you can uh, opt out of um, immunizations. But I think that uh, that in itself is also putting other children at risk. And they said herd immunity is when uh, herd immunity or community immunity is when a large part of the population of an area is immune to a specific disease. If enough people are resistant to the cause of a disease, such as a virus or bacteria, it has nowhere to go. While not every single individual may be immune, the group as a whole has protection. And so they, you know, said that number is 94%, 94% of people being immunized. So I'm sure that that number would also uh, refer to people being immunized uh, for COVID as well as um, 94% of children being immunized to create herd immunity in a community. Um, so that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about why in the United States there seems to be a drop. Um, in the number of um, childhood immunizations. So what we'll do now, uh, Jenny White, is if you can queue up a commercial, we'll go to commercial. Then we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about it. And then we'll ask our listeners that are tuned in uh, that may have some uh, questions or comments about this subject. Press the one, tune in, and we'll get this party started. Okay, here we if go. If you are in need of life insurance, auto or home insurance, or need help in getting out of debt, 
Call your helpful insurance agents at Prime Financial Services. Did you know if you add a child rider to your life insurance policy, you can add multiple children for the price of one, starting at $10,000 worth of coverage for under $10. Call today for a free quote at 313-293-0979. Mention you heard this ad on this show for a free gift. We'll be back to the Let's Talk About It, Jenny White Show. Are you a reader looking for more compelling Christian fiction? Maybe something a little more edgy or a bit more real? Are you tired of most Christian fiction shying away from the truth and settling for a rose-tinted view of the world and its issues? Or are you an author who has a compelling story to tell, but you're afraid it doesn't jive with today's brand of Christian or secular fiction? Are you tired of Christian publishers telling you that your content is too edgy? Or maybe you've tried submitting your content under the radar to secular publishers, only to be told your themes are a bit too religious. We invite you to take a look at the Crossover Alliance. We are an online publishing company that specializes in edgy Christian speculative fiction, speculative fiction with Christian themes and real-world content. Our company is formed from authors and readers just like you who are breaking into the mainstream and Christian markets with this compelling genre. Head over to the www.thecrossoveralliance.com for all the details on who we are, what we do, and what we accept. Right now, if you sign up for our email newsletter, you'll receive a free digital copy of our first short story anthology. Check us out today and help us spread the word about the Crossover Alliance, where light shines brighter in the darkness. As an author, you understand the devastation of someone plagiarizing your work. But what if someone stole your identity? Protect yourself and your family with identity theft protection. Services include credit monitoring, credit reports and scores from all three credit bureaus, social security number, emails, credit cards, bank account monitoring, and social media monitoring from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. For more information, call 248-525-525. And we're back to the Let's Talk About It with Jimmy White Show. Okay, well, let's get this party going. And uh, I had a question for you, Mr. Coleman. Now, did you have statistics for the states? I don't have uh, statistics for the uh, specific states, but I do um, have a report uh, that childhood vaccination rates fell in kindergartners uh, last school year. And uh, that information was published uh, by the Centers for Disease Control, and it said that vaccination rates for three childhood vaccines fell in kindergartners in the uh, year 2020 and 2021 compared to 2019 and 2020, um, which said that uh, kindergartners had a 93.9% vaccination rate for measles, mumps, and rubella, MMR, 93.6 for diphtheria, tetanus, and ancillar pertussis, which is the whooping cough, and 93.6% for varicella, um, which is 
a decrease of approximately 1% uh, for all the vaccines, uh, which seems like um, a low rate, uh, but it says that the rate of children with the vaccine exemption remains similar um, in 2019-2020 at 2.5%. Um, so I guess the question is, um, why are these vaccination rates um, seem to be going down for childhood immunizations? Um, as stated in the New York Times um, article, New York Times report, in a lot of the countries that, um, uh, like Brazil and uh, over in Africa and some other uh, countries that have a lower GDP than uh, the United States, um, access to some of those uh, vaccinations may have been caused by um, not only the pandemic, but uh, public misinformation as well. There's a lot of information and then government mistrust. Uh, it just seems that, you know, the vaccination, the COVID vaccination, we, as we know, has been uh, politicized. Um, and I think that that is true across, you know, not only the country but the world. Uh, and I think that, you know, a lot of the misinformation um, for those uh, childhood diseases um, is prevalent as well. Uh, I know a lot of us who are over the age of 40 or 50 have had our, I mean, even 30, have had our um, childhood vaccinations for years. Um, and, you know, we don't hear about anybody walking around with polio or we know that there is a measles. You don't really hear people talking about chickenpox very often uh, either. Uh, and now, you know, we have this, uh, uh, this uh, res- uh, what maybe I should say resurgence of, uh, maybe not a resurgence, but we have a uh, monkeypox that's out there now. And I don't know if anybody's seen a picture of anybody with monkeypox. Uh, it seems to be a very debilitating disease and uh, very ugly, you know, where you've got multiple uh, bumps all over your body, hands, legs, and feet, uh, which makes it very difficult um, to actually do anything. You know, if if you've got bumps on your hands and uh, it's hard to grip things, even a pencil or feed yourself or drive or grip a steering wheel. Uh, And if you've got uh, bumps on the bottom of your feet, uh, it makes it very challenging to walk um, and very painful. So, um, and I don't know that they have any shots for, for monkeypox. You know, the question today and the discussion today just uh, uh, circles around uh, the drop of uh, in childhood immunizations. And so, you know, I just wanted to see if we have any callers that um, – have any uh, comments or opinion on that and if it's affecting anyone directly that uh, may want to give their opinion on it Um, because all statistics show that um, that there will be 
casualties for not getting these immunizations. Uh, there will be some deaths uh, and some that will have been able to be prevented uh, just because um, people have chosen not to get their children vaccinated with these uh, childhood uh, diseases. And I know that there have been people through the years uh, that have chosen not to do it for uh, religious reasons or otherwise um, and have been willing to um, to die for that or have their children die for their beliefs. So, you know, my question is, um, do you think that these uh, vaccinations, the, the diphtheria, tetanus, and um, pertussis, uh, pertussis uh, vaccinations um, are different than the ones we receive as children? Uh, or the MMR, the measles, mumps, rubella um, vaccines. Uh, do you think that those vaccinations were not effective? Because uh, I, throughout all my years, I've never known anyone to have uh, polio or, or whooping cough. To my knowledge, I mean, you know, I'm, I may have come across some people that have had it, but I mean, I wasn't aware of it, so it's not like it's uh, it's a big thing. I mean, I know more people that's been shot than you know that's been come down with uh, measles or diphtheria, um, and so that's a that's a whole epidemic in itself, you know, uh, the gun violence. But that we'll say that for another show. So yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, I know yeah. there's so someone out there that, uh, you know, would like to uh, have a say about the, um, the immunizing. Well, what I have to say is that I did get you guys immunized before you went to school. I mean, but that was like a a law. You couldn't attend school without it. So I don't know if there were any children that had, uh, you know, had an issue with any of those uh, shots. So if there's someone out there that would like to share with us, we're not going to jump on you, <laughs> but I mean, you know, if you can tell us something about someone who didn't take it, you know, good, so just tell us so we'll know, but not having, well, I mean, not having no, known, we'll just, you know, because if someone had it and we don't know about it, we'll just think it was okay. Just like uh, now, it's the COVID. And I don't know if they have anything for the monkeypox. I don't know. Have you heard anything about somebody giving 
someone something so they wouldn't call get that well we have one person no. wants to say something well i got two people okay okay this is the first one how you doing give us your good name evening, everyone how this you is doing Dorothy. i'm good and you Yes. Good afternoon. Well, good evening, Mr. Coleman. Um, they do have something for the monkeypox. Oh, okay. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, they said they have some kind of immunization for it, but they're working on bettering it, and that's not why it's not released to the public right now. But they said they do have something, and they're treating the people. Uh, that have it with whatever it is. Hmm. That's interesting because they will have to test that before they start, you know, giving well, it to people. Well, they say whatever it is, they know that whatever it is has been out for years because they've been using it in Africa, oh, which is okay. where they said monkeypox started years and years and years ago. And it had gone away, and all of a sudden, it's back. Hmm. So I don't know what revived it, (laughs) but it's back. Well, hold on. I have another person who would like to give us her opinion. Hello there. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> How's everyone tonight? Oh, wow. Hi, How are you doing? I just wanted to say something. I had diphtheria, diphtheria when I was a little girl. And it was oh, like okay. um, when you um, when you come, um, we were sitting, my mother, we probably got a television in our house, okay? We were sitting in the back. And um, when you have a disease back then, the health department would come in and they would quarantine your house. Something like that. Well, the little girl that was out there, she came over. And so I told my mother, we was all sitting there looking at television. And so I told mama, I said, mama, that's the girl. They live over there. She said, well, she said, what, what? Oh, it's time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and she got up and she said, oh, yeah. go home, y'all. You know, stuff like that. Two days later, and I was always the sick one, you know. Two days later, when we was, I was getting ready to go to the bathroom, Mama got up and she looked at me. My whole neck had swollen like it was a big old uh, balloon. It was hanging on my arm, on my shoulder, off my neck, all over here. And she said, she was like, Daddy, you got to take her to the doctor now. No, we got to do it. He said, no, she's going to crank up the car. She took me to Herman Kiefer. Herman Kiefer was the scene of everything, you know, blood, everything. And so they were arguing that they didn't want me to keep because I was five years old. And it was just, she said, listen, you don't have the right to do this. He had to argue. But they put me in this big, huge uh, baby bed. <laughs> I was, you know, five years old. I was a, a large person. But um, it starts to cut off your wind and everything and uh, to the point where you, you, you're like choking. And uh, they gave me what was necessary and things like that. But the way they would do it is um, I was in the hospital, I think, about a week, about seven days and things like that. But um, it was an experience to have that. You can catch so it almost you, like. So ha, did yeah. you have your 
you had already had your shots, right? I, I don't know if I had the shots by then. You know, I was about five. I, I couldn't say that, you know. Oh, okay. But um, even a lot of times, you know, when you go to uh, 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 they can still see some of the um, the effects of it. Uh, uh, you, the fact when you do have it, they can see a lot of your, your immunization in your blood when they look at it. They can tell you what it is, you know, and so all of that. So you still but, um, have that? You still that have that in your blood? The immunization part. I heard now that a lot of people are saying that they didn't have to start, keep giving polio and things because once the baby's born, it's already in the mother and it goes into the baby, okay? So they were saying we were over-immunizing, like for tetanus. When you go, if you get cut and everything, go get a tetanus shot. They don't do that anymore. They said because a lot of times all that immunization from the mother is already in the child. I've heard that an awful lot. It's already in the child and it goes, you know, they don't want to over-immunize. They were talking about that for a long time. Because the person I said, well, he got that. Give him a tetanus shot. No, there's no need for that. They kept saying that, okay? Back then, when we started getting polio shots and things like that, they come to school and grab your behind and stab it. They didn't care what anybody said. Mm-hmm. You know, when that stuff was just, it was just, you know, kids were just falling out, you know, with infantile paralysis and all that other stuff, and iron lungs and things like that. They didn't ask you for anything. You just got it. Now, my, the way I feel now, a lot of the immunizations, we, we have played with this COVID so much that a lot of people are afraid, and then they feel like, well, it's my right. If I want to, I can. If I don't, that's my right. We, everybody's on with the right kick, you know, all of this, you know, uh, because of that. I, I feel it here because of this Trump era. We have a right, and this is our right, and we can do this, and we can say this, and you know, and it, it, it's broken down that, especially since he started attacking uh, the uh, man over the coast. There was Dr. Falsey. This is wrong. And this person saying over here is this way. And she treats it this way. And all this. To bring about nothing but confusion, you know. Just yeah. a lot of confusion. But yeah, it's a lot of confusion out there. A lot well, of I, have another, already, I have another. I have another. Excuse me. Caller. Okay. Thank you. That's okay. You can listen. Okay, I'll listen. Hi. Caller, like Hello, to say something? I'm fine. How are yeah. you? I'm doing wonderful. This is Charmaine Holland from California. All right, now. <laughs> so, so hey, you know, uh, hello, Mr. Coleman. How you doing? Good, Charmaine. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. You know when good, you know when you were talking about the um, the monkeypox. You know. It took me back to when my son, I had a child who was born in 96, and he used to, he used to be kind of like a sick baby where I'm always taking him to the doctor. And most of the time, yeah. it happened when he was in preschool. In preschool, you know, you're around the other children. I kept, he always having fevers, so I would always take him to the doctors. By that time, you know, he had all his immunization records. I was okay with that. But I think over the period of time, he kept getting sick. I started giving him, you know, they would recommend Tylenols, you know, Motrin for the children. And I gave that to him so much where one time he broke out with the same symptoms of what they call it monkey pops right now. He had bumps all on his whole body from head to the bottom of his toe, all on the palm yeah. of his hand. And he would kind of go like in a, a pork, pork, it was like almost like a polar ice uh, attack. You know, like body just like, you know, like this, this pain all over my body, it hurt. And so I took him to the emergency room and some, you know, he, since, you know, because our skin is kind of fair, you know, some doctors was like, well,
don't see it. There's some doctors say, okay, I see it. So they hospitalized my child, and they call it they call it what the Kawasaki disease. And um, they ran so many tests. And I think we were in the hospital about three uh, three days. And by that time, it kind of just went away on its own, and he never had any issue. But that's when the moment I stopped taking medication over the counter. I just did everything all natural. And to this day, we don't take no medication over the counter. And he don't want to take no COVID shot, but he's 27 years old now. But, um, but no, but that's where we stand at when it comes to um, – taking shots. But I will say it's interesting, and I don't know if anybody paid attention, but when they first came out with the first dose of this COVID shots for people to take, everybody, you see, like, the whole world was like, no. And then the next morning, everybody in line ready to take it. So I'm thinking, what just happened overnight? So, you know, I don't know. But I, 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 I haven't took it yet, and I don't plan on taking it. And that's where I stand. My, my grandchildren, I have seven grandchildren. They took it, you know, which I prefer not to. But, you know, I'm not the mama and the daddy. So, you know, I just keep an eye and pray that it all goes well. So I just want to just kind of just put my little comment in there. Well, let me Thank ask you, you this you, question. Yes, but a question. If you take a child to the doctor and they say, well, this child has such and such and I'm going to write them um, prescription. Now, what do you do then? As of now or back then? Well, either one. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it because I know that we can heal our own body. Just like you know, just like there's fruit from the tree that can that that we're supposed to eat. There's also stuff from the earth that we can eat. So I just kind of just stick with the natural stuff that we can heal our own body and go from there. And even a doctor told me one day, I was I think it was 2013. I was so stressed, and he was like, you know what? I said, doctor, I said, why can't you just give us natural stuff to take? Why do you got to fill out a prescription? He said, because that's our requirement. He said, we got to give you a pill. He said, but if, it, if I wasn't a doctor, I would tell you don't take it. Take natural products. And, you, you know, stuff from the earth. And from that point, that's how I always have been for myself. So, no, I do not take medication whatsoever over the counter. I do not get sick. Oh, no, sorry. I do get sick once a year, and when I get sick, it's pretty much garlic, lemon, you know, water. You know, I pound all that stuff into my body, and I get the sunlight, and that's it, and I'm back to normal. So that's been my routine. The sun is our pure energy. So if you really want to get healed, get some sunlight. That'll take away a lot of that negative energy that's, that's in our body that's causing problems. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I do. Oh. Um, I do believe that there are net natural causes for a lot of uh, uh, diseases, and um, and so you know, and I'm not one to quit. You know, that's quick to take medications. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't even take aspirin. Um, but uh, I know when my youngest daughter, uh, there was a time when uh, she. Uh, then this was before she was the age of two, um, would have pneumonia. And so, you know, you can only imagine uh, an infant, you know, that having problems breathing, you know, uh, yeah. helpless, that'll make you feel as a parent. And so uh, I remember the late night uh, trips to the ER and 
on one occasion she was in a children's hospital for a week uh, because of pneumonia. So, I, I mean, I think she had it, uh, she had it at least uh, twice, and I think maybe the third time we were in the doctor's office and they had a poster on the wall, uh, me and my wife uh, taking her to a doctor's appointment, and it was, it had uh, pneumonia, uh, pneumococcal vaccination. And so we were pretty much, uh, um, you know, willing to try anything, you know, to help this baby uh, get healed from, from her respiratory issue. And uh, so she received the uh, pneumococcal vaccine for pneumonia and never had another bout with it, you know, after that. And, I mean, she's 23 right now. And so, uh, you know, uh, I thank the Lord that that seemed to work for her, you know. Um, and so I think when it comes to um, medicines and vaccines and trust in the government, uh, you know, we really have to uh, think twice when, it, when you know, when – our physicians uh, recommend certain um, certain medicines uh, just because um, they get a percentage of uh, of kickbacks, oh, yeah. you know, or compensate. I won't say kickbacks, yeah. but I'll say compensation, you know, because they've got pharmaceutical reps that'll that'll be in your doctor's office, you know, and they're trying to get your, you know, your physicians to purchase, you know, these these drugs or at least to write prescriptions for them and give to their patients. And so uh, sometimes, depending on how well you trust your physician, you know, I don't know that everything is in our best interest for us to be taken. You know, um, we're in a society where the pharmaceutical industry is a multi-billion-dollar industry, and you know, with a, a, a multi-billion-dollar lobby, you know, that pushing a whole lot of drugs and and narcotics, you know, just like a lot of people got strung out on on the oxycotton, you know, um, and different pain meds, you know, that were being pushed, um, and so. I think that based on, I mean, if you've got cancer, you know, that I think that you, um, I don't know that, you know, you want to take a chance, you know, doing um, naturopathic uh, medicines, I mean, you know, because their side effects from chemo and radiation, you know, they, those have oh, their yeah. own side effects and, and which can cause other problems, you know, so you can take one one pill for this problem, and then, you know, that pill causes another problem. And so uh, I think we know our bodies and our immune systems. Some people have uh, weak immune systems. Some people have uh, stronger immune systems. Uh, and so I think that a lot of that is determined by, you know, our lifestyles and our diets and and um, our heredity, you know, their um Sometimes there are just certain things that are passed down in our genes, you know, that may cause high blood pressure or, or just life itself. I mean, you know, stress in itself causes its own kind of issues. Uh, and so um, 
I think that, you know, just like uh, HPV, which, you know, is a human papilloma virus, uh, the most common sexually transmitted disease in the United States, with about 80 million people currently infected. Um, And they said nearly every person will become infected at some point. Uh, And it's a type of cancer, you know, what type of cancer is caused by HPV. And so uh, they have HPV shots that they're recommending, not only for, for females, but for males as well. And so, you know, they weren't talking about HPV when I was a kid. They were talking about STD. You know, sexually transmitted disease mm-hmm. and gonorrhea and everything else, but you know, um, it's just a matter of you know living the best healthy lifestyle. I think a lot of it is education, um, and then just because you um, choose to get a vaccination or get your children immunized, maybe someone else doesn't. You know, and that's just like you know with coronavirus, the COVID. Uh, 19, you know, you get the shot, but, you know, you sit next to somebody on the airplane and, and they don't have a mask and they hacking and, you know, and sniffling and, and depending on what type of mask you have, if you have one on, you know, uh, they have, uh, a certain time limit for exposure before, you know, your chances of catching it, you know, goes up. You know, so with the N95 mask, I think you can be around somebody within six feet or closer, you know, for maybe up to 15 minutes, you know, without necessarily catching it. But after that, if you're still in close proximity to that person, then, you know, the chances of you acquiring, you know, or coming down with it are higher. Uh, and if you're well, with someone. Have, and, I have noticed recently that. Most of the people where you go, they're not wearing masks anymore. Mm-hmm. And I try my best to have a mask on if I'm going into a facility and need to talk with someone. But I remember years and years ago, and this particular doctor, he was my doctor. He had given me a prescription, and, of course, I took it because he told me to. And I don't remember what it was, but I do know that I went to another doctor, and he said, why are you taking this? And I told him, you know, and he said, well, you know, you don't need to take that. And that was what he said. But it kind of stuck with me. I didn't stop it, but I slowed down. And then I went to another doctor who saw that same thing, and he said, you don't need to take that. And when he said it, I just threw it away. I was not going to continue to take it because two two doctors. So it was real funny when I went to the the physician when I went to see the physician who had given me the prescription, and he said, uh, 
do you have any medication? I said, no. He said, do you want me to write you out another prescription? I said, no. He said, you're not taking whatever, whatever. And I said, no. And he looked at me crazy, and I asked him, are you getting money from the drugs people? Is that why you want me to take that? He didn't open his mouth. And that was the <laughs> E-N-D that I never saw him again. Never. Mm-mm. No. So I thought, I'm thinking he was getting a percentage of whatever he was writing. He was writing, yeah. Yeah, when two doctors tell you, you know, you don't need to take that and tell you the truth, well, I don't remember now, but I don't know why I was taking it then. <laughs> but it was mm-hmm. supposed to do something. And see, you know, these yeah. doctors, they're getting a piece of the pie. And so they will give us prescriptions just so they can get the kickback. I mean, you know. I, but they have I, I to build know. their house. <laughs> They got to build, well, I got to build, well, I got to live in it, but, you know, if I keep (laughs) keep buying what they sell it, then I'm not going to have to have a house. But, you know, that's kind of bad. That's kind of bad, the way our world works. It is. It is. You know, I wish we had more doctors that was more honest about trying to help us. You know, there are some. But, you know, well, yeah, those yeah. who, you know, can be honest and say, you know what, you really don't need this prescription. But like I, like I mentioned, they have to give you something because that's what they were, you know, that's what their job was about, you know. And I will notice that when I used to take my kids to the doctor, I used to always look at the doctor and I would always say, would you take this medication? And some would say, no, you know what, I would take the, if you go to the GMC and get the rice pill, that's what I would take. And I said, well, I appreciate you being honest, but sometimes when I used to take my kids to the doctor, I would pay attention to what they're wearing. And a lot of doctors would have the copper bracelets on, you know, to keep the magnetic, you know, uh, <laughs> it, you know, bad energy from them. And so then that made me go out and buy it because if they wear it, obviously it's something that I need to know. So I will always be observed when I go, and I always used to ask questions about if they wanted to give a prescription, would they take it? And sometimes they were like, I mean, why do you ask us this question? And I'm like, hey, because I want to make sure that you're giving me what is right, you know. But I never right. would take it. I just kind of just go through the process. But, you know, um, my, when uh, Mr. Coleman was speaking about cancer, my mother has been a nurse, and well, she was an RN, yeah, uh, uh, RN, and then she became a nurse, and my mother had developed cancer. And she said one thing she would not do is have chemotherapy. No, what's called is a chemo? Is chemo? Is it called chemotherapy? <laughs> I can't even think of the yeah, name. Yeah. Anyway, chemo. That's yeah, it. Chemo. Yeah. She said she. Yeah, she said chemo, and she said even if I get older, she said I end up having cancer, and they recommend to give me chemo. Don't you dare give it to me. And she was young when she had cancer, and she never. She always shared a story in the family, but there was one doctor that pulled her to the side and said, if you listen to what I say to do, you will get this cancer removed. And she did that, and that oh, made her wow. not take chemo. Yeah, so there is some good doctors, and if you find them, keep them. I just want to leave a comment. That's right, but you don't have that many. Mm-mm. 
No, you don't. No, you don't. But you know what? During COVID, there was a lot of them that was on social media, and they were sharing some stuff. And yes, they got they they did lose their job. They walked away from their job because they were trying to be honest to help people. But you yeah. won't get that on mass media. You got to find that somewhere in social media, somewhere buried. Yeah. So what did he tell her to do? Did she ever tell you? She had, but I totally forgot, so I can't really say what it is. I don't even want to, I don't even want to throw any ideas out there because I can't remember. I bet you if something like that came up, you'd be running to her. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but that that's but, but I, I, nice to know. But, you know, yeah, I, I will, uh-huh. go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, you know, she used to always share about we had a family uh, aunt or family member in our family, and when somebody got sick, she said she would always go in the backyard, and she used to have this garden, and she would pick up certain, you know, she would make a coxin of whatever it is, the dirt and some, and some type of flower or whatever, put it together, and then rubbed it on a person in the family who was sick. And she said within 24 hours, they were back to themselves on their feet. So that's what made me realize, okay, that's something our ancestors, something our family used to do. They got the history so we can heal ourselves with the earth. So I just wanted to share that. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I think uh, some things that grow out of the ground, I believe that they are good for us. But how many of us know what it is? Unless it's some weed, I know they like doing that. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. You know, for my uh, grand, for my uh, granddaughter Andrea. Now Dominique says this. She said, "Mama, before Andrea started taking, um, you, you know, as a baby, taking the immunizations, Andrea could hear out of both ears. That's what she told me. She said now she can't hear out of when, but when we started get, going to school, mm. I think it's her right side or ear." The ear is perfect. Ain't nothing wrong with it, but she can't hear out of it. See, Mama, I believe that's something. You know, she can't hear out of it. It's just as perfect. Now, she hears everything out of the other one. They don't tell me about it. But and you um, think it came said, from Mama, where? Immunization. You think so? That's what Donnie told me. Donnie told me that. She said, Mama, I do believe that it came when we started to get her immunized. Now, she did tell me that. Oh wow! She said, "My baby could hear. She could hear out of both ears, everything. But as soon as she started being immunized like that, you know, for school and stuff. In fact, they found out. We went to get the hearing test, and he was. She couldn't hear out of her. It's the right or the left side, and the ear is perfect. You can't hear out. You 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 know, it's funny that you just mentioned that because that also happened to my child." When I gave him the immunization, I mean, my child was full of life and full of energy, and everybody was like, who is this child? And they said, all my kid do is talk about Lloyd, Lloyd, Lloyd. I mean, he was a life of the party. And when he started going to school to get his last immunization shot, my son started picking up uh, stuttering. He started stuttering, and that kind of just went downhill from him. And so I truly believe the immunization has triggered something in the system that caused him to have a speech impediment. And so um, mm-hmm. he's getting better. He's 27 years old. He's getting better. But, yes, that was his problem. Uh-huh. Yeah, There's something yeah to think I about think it. that, yeah, um, you know, um, all medicines can have uh, side effects. Um, I mean, even 
with adults. You know, when we take certain things, um, it can cause uh, different issues. Like they'll even tell you, you know, um, if you take certain medications, don't drive or operate heavy machinery after, you know, because of uh, how it's going to make you feel and the effect of it. And I know that, uh, you know, my granddaughter had gotten an immunization. Um, you know, she was probably probably around maybe two, between two and three years old, and it just had her so lethargic for a couple of days. It was scary. I mean, after a certain point, you know, she she got back to where she, you know, was um, energetic and, and lively, but for, you know, a period of 24, 48 hours, you know, she was kind of out of it, you know. It was like, okay, you know, what was in this medicine, you know, that had, a, that had her reacting like that. So you really have to be careful, and I'm not one to put, you know, a whole lot of trust in the government, you know, and I know what they've done through the years, and I know especially the black people um, as far as experiments to see how uh, we react to certain things. Um, um, So uh, I think, you know, it's really a catch-22 when it comes down to making those choices and decisions as far as um, you know, I think most parents, um, you know, are making the best decisions that they can make based on the information that they have, you know, for their children. Um, so it's just a question of whether, uh, you know, like I say, there will be some children that will, if they're not immunized with certain things, you know, stand a greater chance of acquiring uh, those diseases, um, um, and as I don't believe that it's a hundred percent that they will, you know, um, and uh, I just think that there may be a greater percentage that, uh, if they're exposed, that they could, even with um, TB, tuberculosis, uh, you know, even with me, I mean, you know, they do uh, tuberculosis, <laughs> they test you for that by, you know, um, putting something under your skin, giving you a shot under your skin, and if, you know, yeah. it reacts and um, turns to a rash, then you're positive. And so when I take TB tests, I can't take the skin test because it shows up positive. I have to do a chest X-ray for my TB test, you know, to make mm-hmm. sure that there's, you yeah. know, none showing in my lungs. And yeah, me too. So, um, so you know, that's just an uh, interesting fact. Uh, now, with so the COVID shot, um, no, with, the, ahead, shot? with the COVID shot, I've had two. The first one I got put a knot in my arm, and it stayed there for two months. And they they called me and told me I had to come in for the second one, and I explained to them I was sick in the bed, had a fever, couldn't eat for three days. I laid in the bed, and my doctor told me, he said, well, go ahead and take the second one. Come into the office and take the second one, and we'll monitor you. Well, I went in, and I got, when they went to stick the needle in my arm, 
the knot that was there was so hard, they couldn't even push a needle through it. Oh. So they went to the hmm. other arm, and they gave me the shot. And I was in the bed for seven days, could not eat, ran a fever, had a rash. And he told me, don't you ever take that shot again. He said, because this is what's going to kill you. It's not going to be COVID. Mm. Hmm. So now they're saying that anybody that's over 60 years old needs to take this new shot that they've got out because the new COVID is going to be worse than the first one. So I'm not taking it. I'm just going to have to be in the house. I'm not going out in the public. I have my groceries delivered. I just stay away from the public. When you come in my house, I have lemon spray that I spray you with. And when I do, I made up my own stuff that I got from a health food store, and I spray it on you. And it kills the germs. I have the, I can't think of the name of the other spray. It comes in a blue can with an orange top. I spray my mail before I take the mail out the box, lay it on the porch, spray one side, spray the second side. I bring it to the inside porch, and I leave it out there for two hours or more. And then I bring it in, and when I'm done reading it, I wash my hands. Mm-hmm. Well, I think well, that, right. you know, COVID <laughs> has raised the awareness of uh, germs, you know, and when we're out in public touching doorknobs and, you know, I'm not drinking um, from public fountains, water fountains anymore. And for the most part, I don't, you know, most of them aren't even working now. Right. Um, but there are, um, you know, I think that, you just have to be very careful with um, what you're touching and, you know, who you're shaking hands with and, you know, those type of things uh, because COVID is still think out people, here. I don't think people shake hands any longer. You oh, think? people shake yes, hands. They yes, they do. Yeah. yeah oh, I don't. Well, I don't. Maybe that's what I should have said. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you still, I, yeah. and I don't hug. Okay, okay. And that's with my yeah. own family. <laughs> well. Yeah, well, I mean. I have a three-month-old great-grandson, and right now my granddaughter called me and told me that her doctor was trying to insist that she gets her baby the new COVID shot. And what? she said, yeah, three months old. Uh-huh. And she said, he's giving me a hard time. And I told her, give him my number and tell him to talk yeah. to me. And when he yeah, called me. A new doctor. Oh, you know, <laughs> right. I told her, told him that she would not be back. I was reporting right. him to the ethics board. And I told him, I said, the only reason you want her to inject her baby with this stuff is because he's a little black boy. Okay. And and you're trying to eliminate the little boys. And I say that I eliminate the the grown white men. Mm. 
I know that. And I hung up on him, and he kept calling back, and he was leaving messages. Please, um, you need to talk to me. Uh, I think there's a misunderstanding. Uh, I wasn't trying to force anything on her, but she had recorded him. The last visit, I told her, you record his behind. Mm. And she said he was so busy talking to her that he didn't even hear her say, I'm recording you. Wow. And you can clearly hear her her saying it. He was trying to over-talk her. Wow. Yeah, two people like that you can't trust. Right, I told her, get her. Yeah, get well, out I of there, you know. Yeah, yeah but you some don't do people, that to a baby. You know. Well, some people, you know, if, if your medical professional advises it and they should know what's best and you think they have your best interest, you know, you don't question it. And um, But, you know, some people have to really advocate for their own health and question some of these things that their doctors may be suggesting um, because I've had, you know, I've, I've, my personal physician, you know, I think he is very knowledgeable um, in reference to uh, a number of things regarding my health, but there have been times when I felt that he was a little uh, pushy and insistent on certain meds. I mean, you know, it's like, man, you just want to have me doped up on everything. Huh. I mean, you know, my cholesterol off by one point. You need to take this, you know, you need to you need to take this cholesterol medication. Really? Maybe I just need to stop eating pizza or some of <laughs> greasy fried chicken. Yeah. How about that? You know, I'll, let's see how that works. Maybe I eat some more oatmeal and uh, change my diet and and see if I can get my numbers straight that way. Let's try that, doc. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, so you really have to advocate for yourself. Um, and other than that, they'll have, you know, they got America on so many pills and so much. And then, you know, there's so many people out here now with diabetes and on dialysis and, you know, all kinds of illnesses. I mean, I've never known so many people to be on dialysis in my life. You know, it looked like everybody got high blood pressure, you know. And, I know. You know, you just... like you say, you have to advocate for yourself. Back in 1996, I had breast cancer. I went to my doctor. Uh, he told me, he said, okay, we're going to do a biopsy. He did it, uh, a fine needle aspiration in the office, couldn't get anything. He said, okay, I'm scheduling you for surgery in two days. Uh, he said, we're not going to knock you all the way out because if we find something, then we're going to need you to give us permission to take it out right then and there. Wow. Had the surgery. And when I came out and I was in the uh, recovery room, he said, you do have breast cancer. He said, but it's the best kind of breast cancer. It's not the one that's going to kill you. You don't have to take chemo. You are some kind of positive something, and he said, and that means that you don't have to take chemo. So I said, okay. 
and he said, and this is where I want you to go for your radiation. So I went there for my radiation and got there, and they said, well, we need to refer you out to someone else because you need to have um, another, a different treatment. Well, I wound up going over to Providence Hospital, and I was sitting in this doctor's office, and he said, well, I'm your chemo doctor. I said, no, I'm not taking chemo. And then he said, um, well, that's why you're here. Didn't they tell you? I said, no, my surgeon told me that I didn't have to have chemo because I'm some kind of gram positive something. And he said, well, he's just the surgeon. I'm the doctor. So I told him, mm. okay, well, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to leave. So I left there, drove straight to Wayne State, went to the medical library, read up on it, printed it out, and said, this will be in my purse from now on. Went back to um, Harper Hospital, which is where I had my sur- <clears throat> excuse me, my surgery, and I went to back to the cancer center and and I sat there and I argued with the doctor because she kept telling me, "Well, you need to have um, chemo," and I said, "No, I don't." I said, "Because you're not reading my records." So I pulled the paper out my purse and I told her, "You read this." <clears throat> And so she read it. I said, now read my file right here in front of me. And she read my file. And then she said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But had I not done that and wow. not educated myself, I I had actually went in and had one dose of chemo. Okay. And I was telling him how sick it had made me. And he said, he said what are you saying to me? I said, the, the chemo made me sick because this was the second doctor that I went to was the one at Providence. And I said, it made me so sick. He said, you shouldn't be taking chemo at all. What did I tell you? He said, were you that groggy that you didn't understand me? And I said, no, I thought that's what you said. I said, but nobody's believing me. So he said, well, who are you seeing over what they called it the rock? He said, who are you seeing at the rock? And I told him who it was. And he said, okay, I'm going to call you back in a half an hour because I'm going, and he said it just like this, I'm going over there to cuss that bitch out. Mm. And I said, okay. He said, Mm. and I'll call you back. And he said, because if she's doing it to you, she's doing it to my other mm-hmm. patients, and I can't have her wow. destroying my patients. And, and so, because I, t- I said, well, why would you call her that? He said, because and he, my doctor was black. He said because I call okay. them as I see them. And he said, when mm-hmm. you go to destroyed lives, he said, then I have to stick up for you. Wow. And I told him okay. And then he called me back, like he said, within a half an hour. And he said, she's still going to be your doctor, but you're not going to have a problem out of her anymore. And when I went in there, I I had to go for radiation every day for six weeks. And he had told me, he said, when it gets to the point where it's uncomfortable, you let her know. He said, because that means that it's burning you. Mm. And you need to come from out of your uh, care for at least a week. So. One day I went in there and it was it was tender and so I told her 
I said, I'm, I can't do this today. And she said, why? I said, because I'm so sore and it's so tender. And she said, okay, no treatment for you for a week. This is what I want you to do, and this is what I want you to use. And, I mean, she was the sweetest thing, but you have to advocate. You have to educate yourself on your body. Your body tells you what you need, what you don't need, and you have to get a good doctor. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, now, I've, I've got um, two things. I think that I think your blood type may help with your immune system as well, depending on what type of blood type you have. Uh, I think, you know, it may assist with uh, you having a stronger blood type. And then I also think that there is racism. Well, I mean, I know there's racism in the medical field. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. just imagine having a, a physician that's a, a white supremacist and you're his patient. Right. And you know, also, yeah, so I think that that's a, oh, yeah. a, a, another topic for another show, but I think that yes, white supremacy, you know, in the medical field is real, just like white supremacy in law enforcement is real, you know, with the shooting yeah. of all these unarmed black people and how, you know, the success of force, you know, on, on and you black know what? people and black women. That's another topic, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I so, thank you, know. you guys. Okay, uh, Mr. Coleman, mm-hmm. do you have a last statement you would like to give up? No, no, I made it. I, you know, just thank uh, the, the, the callers for participating and the listeners for listening. You know, I think that it's a, a topic that we need to uh, be aware of in regards to uh, the drop in uh, childhood vaccinations, immunizations, and um, and I think that you have to do what you feel is best for you and your child. I think that you, um, you know, you really have to um, do your research, and um, and you really have to pray and have faith and ask God. You know, just like we pray over our food, you know, we pray over our, our health, and and we pray over our physicians and. And we pray over um, our medications so that they um, do what they're supposed to do in our bodies and, um, you know, keep us healthy and that anything, you know, that uh, has the potential to do harm for us, you know, that we rebuke and that it doesn't um, have that effect on us. I really believe that we have to, um, we have to really um, be prayerful in, you know, our daily living. So those are my final words. Okay. Uh, real good. I like that. So anybody else, if they want to say something before we go? Yeah, yeah I would like to uh, just piggyback off of Mr. Coleman. Everything you said was right on, but also want to just let people know that our body is our temple, and if we listen to our body, we can be able to know what the right foods that we need to eat that will give us the energy and everything that we need so we can move forward and have a healthy life so we don't have to rely on a doctor fixing us when the time comes. So I want to just leave that. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Anyone else? Everyone have a blessed, safe weekend. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate all of you for listening and uh, participating.
in our in our show. And well, I, do I have, have one say, question. Okay. Where 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 is TC? He was there and he left, so I'm not sure. Okay. But what I have to say is stay away from still people. Stay away from still people. Still broke, still complaining, still hating, still losing. Mm-hmm. Still not making a change, still living in the past, and still making excuses. So stay away from still people. And that's all I have to say. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you for participating. And that's all I have to say. So have a good weekend. And we'll talk to you next Friday. Good night. Good night. Good night. (laughs) This is the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White Show.